0: Welcome to Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak, where we explore the tools and tactics that drive improvement. If you're hungry for more and better, if you want to move past hype and discuss how, you're in the right place. Change really is possible, dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine. My guest today is Cam McDaniel. Cam is a good friend and a truly unique individual who's played in some really high-level creative stuff. So let me give you the basic bio here before we get into the conversation. Cam is an entrepreneur, inventor, educator, philosopher, and scientific enthusiast. Uh, He has often been called a modern polymath. He is a fourth-generation coach's son. Lots of sports background, and uh, obviously, not surprisingly, grew up with a passion for sport and human performance. And he always possessed a curiosity for history, nature, the sciences. Uh, studied philosophy at the University of Notre Dame, and you know, while he was getting that degree, he also was the captain of the football team for the 2014 season. So, played at a big level. He's played on championship caliber teams pretty much every level of his sport um, and has a deep appreciation for kind of healthy cultures of high performance. Over the last six years, since I've been getting to know him, Cam has devoted the majority of his work life to the development of a direct pulse current modality. It's uh, electrical body healing stuff. While seeking to understand the ecosystem of acoustic and frequency-based applications for healing and human performance, Cam's desire in business is to contribute to projects that integrate artistic expression with scientific expression for the sake of biological intelligence and sustainability. So if that was not enough of a preview that we are going to have a cool and unique conversation, then uh, buckle up because here comes my conversation with my good buddy, Cam McDaniel. Cam, it is always fun hanging out with you. Dude, we've had some adventures. We've been to a couple of other places, uh, international even, had some fun. So yeah, man, It's uh, how are you doing? How's today going so far for you?
1: Man, I'm awesome, Scott. And uh, yeah, I'm just super excited to have this conversation with you because I know all the conversations that we've had on those trips that we've been on together have just been so life-giving and yeah. so fun. I just think that when... I'm talking with other guys that really value the the concept of awareness and Mm. emotional intelligence, perceptual intelligence, things like that. Those are always things that get me excited. And so I know that this conversation is going to be fun and stimulating and hopefully something that people will have the ability to enjoy.
0: Yeah, same. I will put it this way. Whether they have fun or not, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to have a blast. I always have a good time hanging out. <laughs> exactly. So, since this exactly. is my show, I get to, I get to have fun the way I want and uh, too bad for them. So, okay, man, I, you mentioned awareness and that is one of the things I would want to get into because, you know, I just shared a little bit about your life and career, but let's just say you have not followed the standard path and don't fit the stereotype, right? Um, I mean, you grew up in the, the massive sports history with some successful folks, but I, I don't even know if I remember, I shared this when I was doing the short version, but you even played pro Canadian for a little bit football and like, we're pushing that. Yeah. So, however, I say all that, say like, yeah, typically, I mean, no offense. I, I played football. I love this stuff, but the stereotype is the the dumb jock, right? Who's going to just like be into shallow things. And you got a degree in philosophy and went into like, electrical bioscience and I mean, all this, like, wait, wait a minute, this is not the normal path. And, and so I want to actually talk about like, how do you figure this out? Cause you were, you were successful. Like the world was rewarding you on this path and you got off that path and went a totally different direction. Cause I think a lot of the folks I've lived this. And I think a lot of the folks listening are considering these options, like right? Here's the known trail in front of me. But man, I'm really considering this off-road thing. What should I do? So I'm mean, going to take me back to a couple of those moments where you, you left the trail and did something that, that maybe didn't look on the surface, like what everyone expected you to do.
1: Totally. I love that. It's a great question. I love the the famous Robert Frost, Two Roads Diverged poem. Mm, and yes. it reminds me kind of like of this moment, because really it was that it was like, here's the the path that makes a lot of sense. And you know, we can keep going down that path and keep getting great results. I mean, we can fifth generation coach, right? <laughs> like it's, there it is. Like
0: yeah. I, I keep going pro. And then after that I go be the coach. I mean, like, the, and it was working. So yeah. yeah. Why, why the, the road, less traveled? I think that for me,
1: it was a lot of the performance hamster wheel. Um, hmm. you know, when I was a kid, I had a dream that was very alive and full of vision. And when I started to achieve that dream in real life, and kind of manifested into reality um, by going and doing the things that I did to go and play at a division one college football level and then go on to play professionally and doing some of the things that I was able to do in that field. And all that was such a blast, and it was so fun. But what I realized is that I wasn't feeling like I wasn't feeling the fulfillment that I wanted to feel. I wasn't feeling the the passion, the love for it all that like I had as a child. I was kind of experiencing that burnout feeling.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, you know, I've always been fascinated with biology, psychology, mm-hmm. quantum mm-hmm. physics, neuroscience, things like that. I I love that we kind of live in a time now where all the stereotypes are being broken. Um, yes. I know you're down in Georgia. I think the 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 kid that set the high school one hundred meter record and the United States now is a white kid, Matthew Bowling, that's there in Georgia. I mean, breaking stereotypes. Uh, Actually, I think his record got broken like this last year, but like, like just women coming into the marketplace and establishing themselves in ways that like we've never seen and more of like a recognition for these, these stereotypes, kind of like the ones that you were talking about with the athlete, I guess is the point that I'm trying to make are, um, are collapsing now because Mm -hmm. I think that people are having, the freedom and the bandwidth to express themselves in artistry through whatever it is that they're doing.
0: Um,
1: and for me, like I started to see a new passion in the realm of science and artistry, kind of like all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with that. I just know that I had a passion for it. I knew that it was there and it was leading me that direction. And so it wasn't so much about like, okay, I know I'm I'm going to go do this. And I know exactly how I'm going to get it done. I just was following my passion and really trying to follow my heart, you know, down that path. And then things just, you know, they started to manifest and work out, I believe the way that they needed to, for me to, you know, get to this point. Yeah. And really I, I look back and I'm like, man, all of that was happening for me. And, hmm. um, things that I used to think was kind of like, that were happening to me or heartbreaking things that happened on my career in football or heartbreaking things that have happened in business. Like I would see myself as a victim to those things.
0: Okay. Give me, if you don't mind, give me a couple, you can't just throw that out. Yeah. Like like, give me a couple of moments that you thought were happening to you, but now you don't.
1: Yeah. I would say like, for example, my junior year, I was the leading rusher at Notre Dame after being the third string running back pretty much the majority of the season.
0: Okay. So you you finally got uh, your shot and you were, you were leading. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And my senior year, I got elected captain and rode the bench, you know, and that was a really tough, like that was a tough ego check for me. You know, like I, I had felt like I, I paid my dues. I have worked my ass off to get here and now I'm here and it's not translating. And I don't know why it's not translating because I've put in all of the inputs that I can possibly put in to like make this work for me. And everything always has worked for me when I've done that. Why is this not working anymore? Uh, And that, that frustration, um, like one example, I I started to have these moments of almost like, I like to consider the story of Joseph with this.
0: Yeah. um, yeah. But the the old old, uh, biblical story. Yeah. Go for it.
1: Yeah, it just resonates with me on, you know, heavily favored, acknowledged, like in his community, and then, you know, kind of becoming an exile. And that's kind of like when you start to decide, Um, okay, I think I'm going to go down this other path, even if you didn't even make that decision necessarily, like Joseph didn't make that decision. No, he he
0: didn't choose his alternate path when they threw him in slavery into Egypt. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. But in a way, but in a way, if we really think about it, he did. You know, by doing everything that he did. Yes. Him, and, you know,
0: fun, the phrase you use, the things he thought were happening to him were actually setting were him up. Because eventually, as as you and I both know, the end of the story, he becomes the second only to Pharaoh ruler of Egypt. Yeah. That wouldn't he have happened have if he done. stayed in his comfy little shepherd life. Yeah, no. no. He couldn't have gone and
1: fulfilled the huge God calling on his life if he would have stayed just in the midst of his community and stayed heavily favored in the small pond that he was in. And he wouldn't have had the capacity to come through for his family and his really his people and his nation, like in a way that they needed him to. And he was the breakthrough. So I've kind of started to see my story a little bit more like that in regards to every scenario that has felt like a a pit moment or a prison moment or where I felt like I've been a victim in a scenario by radical forgiveness you know just for myself and for others um radical forgiveness you know just changes the paradigm um yeah. yeah i would just say like it it allows us to see that we're the author and the producer of our story like co-creating with the creator of the universe and it just brought so much freedom to my heart so much lightness you know like i think that's the biggest thing is I used to talk about the purpose driven life and world changing, yeah, you know, yeah. all this stuff, but yet I felt heavy, man. Like mm. I felt the he- heaviness of like that performance lifestyle will ultimately cultivate. And whenever you're able to free yourself from that, yeah. um, that perspective of, I have to do so that I can be mm. this, mm. um, it really brings more capacity for you to, see the freedom that you already have yeah. and to see that like all the answers are right there. They're right inside you. You got to exactly. key, And it yeah. just, everybody has their own process of kind of working that out. And for me, I like, I can continue to go over mine, but like <laughs> well, it was-
0: there's a lot to unpack. I want to go back and, um, and react to a couple of things and maybe double click on some stuff, but Man, I yeah, I'll say at a macro level, it reminds me of the famous Walt Disney quote where he said, You may not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. Um yeah. like, you know, I do not like getting kicked in the teeth. Like it's not a fun experience. No. Um, but then I don't know. Maybe I could stretch the metaphor a little further, right? Sometimes uh, I think God's let things kick me in the teeth because it kicks me out of the nest. Right. And like there I was in my happy little nest getting fed, thinking this is the world. And and I didn't realize I could fly and t- I didn't want to try to fly. Right. Like, why would I leave the nest? The nest is I've had that. I've had that experience multiple times. Um, And you and I've had this conversation, but like your your football experience was sort of similar. The details are very different. But to my experience, because I grew up in performance, I did a lot of sports as well. But then when I went to college, unlike you, you went further, kept going, and I... I bowed out of the sports path. So played football and, and three other sports. But, um, and then I went into performance cause I also grew up on stage doing singing and dancing and recording albums. And, you know, I was on NBC for a Christmas special, all this fun stuff as a kid. And everyone's like, you got the gifts, you got to do this. And I'm like, I've had awesome hair. Yeah. That's yeah, Yes. At one point in time. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, for pointing that detail out. Yeah. For those who do not know me these days I have uh, somewhat recently decided to go with the shaved head look. Um so yes, uh, Cam has known I'm talking be, about the the band
1: look, the band hair look, that was the look. I at the... one
0: point in time I could rock some serious hair. Um these days I'm swinging the opposite uh, extreme. So yeah, I, good times and by the way I I had tried bald this part of why I did it this time is because 25 years ago, I played daddy Warbucks in a play for Annie. And yeah. so, so I was like, yeah, I've been bald. Yeah. Give that a shot again. Um, so I've dyed my hair like four different colors, grown it crazy long, trimmed it short. And like yeah, the, those were the good days. But
1: is it, is it okay if I call you daddy Warbucks from now on? <laughs> 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 that might be, a, that might be a little bit, I, I was going to say, I don't
0: know. I'll know what you mean, but I'll be honest. It might weird the rest of the room out. Like, what? what's this he sugar daddy? Like, what's going on here? These guys are weird. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'll put it this way. I've been called worse, Cam. I've been called worse. I'll take it. I, but here's the thing. I was succeeding going through the motions, getting the, the you know, I was probably a lead in 50, maybe 60 plus shows, not just in the show, a lead in the show. So I did a lot of reps, right? I was getting the, the quote unquote captain parallel on my side of the equation. But yep. but as I got to that level in my early 20s, I remember that, that simultaneously the passion for it was going away. And what I had found was another area that I was passionate about. And I started doing some work in nonprofits and started doing some stuff. And so for a while, I ran in parallel paths, playing in both worlds, kind of exploring, kind of main job here, secondary layer here. And honestly, I did not have a clear plan. I did not have like a, there was not a job offer like, Oh no, here's the next step. And it's an, enorm- it was like, I think I need to stop pursuing this and start pursuing that. And I don't even know what that's going to turn into, but I know that I, I keep spending all day while I'm over here, wishing I was over there doing that stuff. And it yeah. wasn't because I, I hated theater or the team or it It was that I loved the other thing more so much more that it was like, I think I'll be settling. If I stay, that's the irony. I'll be settling if I stay in this successful path. Right. Like, um, yeah. And and I, th- there's a, okay. So, so one, I relate, I relate very much to this emergence of another passion, um, which now in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, Oh, I think the things I loved most about theater weren't the theater part. Uh, I liked putting a team together and the dynamic of creating a new product out of nothing. And um, the the challenge of a deadline, the pressure of live performance. Um, I mean, I, I love making a moment happen for people that impacted them and shifted the way they think. I get to do all those things in my current work. I just, um, it's not through, you know, theatrical productions. It's through, you know, leadership development and epic retreats and some of stuff you guys, you've been with me on. So um, anyways, I say all that to say, I think there are ways to mine or draw out some nuggets of good stuff from our old path, but there's this moment of of courage that says, Hey, I've got to, I've got to pursue what I'm passionate if I want to stay fully alive. If I want to, if I want to be, as you said, yeah. be what I think God actually meant for me to be, or, or do what he wants me to do in the world. I, I can't, I can't just go with what seems to be working. There is a certain amount of, you know, from my spiritual perspective, I think when God designed us, he like looked ahead with his you know, wisdom and knowledge and all that. And he said, okay, here's what I think the world needs. And then he went back upstream and he like fiddled and tinkered with cam to make sure that cam was born Mm -hmm. with the right timing and setup so that you could grow into what God really wants and called for you in the world. And so, so these early passions, I think are signals to us when you talk about self-awareness, right? Yeah. Clues on the ultimate purpose that we want for our life. Cause I don't think that's accidental, okay. right? I, I love the way you said it. We're co-creating with the creator. He said it all up, yeah. but it's not a, it's not a foregone conclusion. Like in his wisdom and graciousness, he like lets us be a part of the process. He could have made us robots. Yeah. He didn't. So.
1: Yeah. I heard, I heard a guy say recently that is in the conversation of like sovereignty and free will, uh, which is always a fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he put it in a very simple, like a, I think you put it in very simple terms. A lot of the guys that I listen to are really good about explaining the both and principle of free will and sovereignty. And I think this is a great conversation for awareness as well, because if you're going to be aware of who you are, you have to be aware of who it is that has facilitated your design, as you said, hmm. um, and the the intentionality and function behind that, which there are a lot of tools, I believe yes. that we can use from science Geometry, nature, quantum physics, all these things, uh, can really help us map out our human blueprint in a way that give us really cool insights. Almost like, uh, if you're in the Christian community, you're familiar with prophetic words, well, creation prophesies and Hmm. speaks to you in this way. And so there are so many things like these signals that you're talking about that, all of creation is giving us to be able to give us an idea of like, you are a son of God or a daughter of God. You are a son or a daughter of God. You have to like come to grips with that conclusion. And once you come to grips with that conclusion, you can't settle for anything else, anything else less than what, It means to be a son or a daughter of God in your respective
0: expression. Well, and this is what I love. The juxtaposition of two things that, that both are true, but it's like isolated. They don't have the impact. So one is this, you mentioned before, like this freedom from performance, right? Like my identity is this bigger picture. Who am I? What? Uh, you know, from our worldview, right, God's going to love us and engage with us. And we have access to be with him and connect and like have a sense of peace and identity that is completely separate from whether I should perform or not. And at the same time, I'm not fully alive unless I figure out what I was designed, what my optimal scenario is, if I'm not pursuing the kinds of things I'm supposed to pursue. And so like it's simultaneously, it doesn't matter what you do. You can't have your your performance define your you know identity, right? You have to like totally separate that, and because of that, it frees you up to go back and say, "Now I can do the things I was actually meant to do," um, but not because I not because I need them to be okay. In fact, one of the big questions I'll often say is like, "This is one of the the hardest, most insightful questions I ask myself: Is why do you like yourself? Or, or maybe I should say, assume you do. Like when you do, why do you like yeah. yourself? And and the answer to that Reveals a lot of health or or maybe you know dysfunction. Like you know, if I like myself exactly. because I am the leading rusher at Notre Dame, that's a very easily threatened identity, right? Like, exactly. Coach says, No, never mind, I got a new rock star, too bad for you. Like um you exactly. did worse junior to senior year, just somebody else caught the coach's eye. Your performance could not control that, right? Um but, that, but ironically, but, what that freed you uh, up to do was think about what you could engage in. And when you're stuck, and, and I
1: just wanted to click on this for a second because of for your audience listening out there, a lot of times we hear performance stuff or like uh, people talking about performance, I think is becoming more and more popular, but not really giving practical awareness, like not giving people oh tools gosh. to like practically be aware of what that even looks like. Or how do I even know if I'm in a performance answer? answer exactly. well, frustration like that's one of the things it's the frustration of like i feel like i'm here but for some reason i'm not here not able to be present like not able to to fully like yourself or love yourself even wow and it's funny like when you get into the performance wheel how you look at the past you look at the past almost as free will like you're going like you can go back and change that or something like that you're always looking back and regretting And like shame and condemnation around things that, oh, I missed that. I should have done that better. I missed God there, all this stuff. Instead of looking at the past as destiny that has led you to this point and your future as free will. And now you get to co-create with the creator. So if you're in the hamster wheel, you're probably looking back a lot. And you're thinking about all the things that you could have done or you should have done or uh, the things that you missed. If you're not in that wheel anymore, you're like all the possibilities are open. Mm. It's almost mm. like all your neuro, all your neural passageways get opened up. And and it's funny because in science we can totally validate this now with the autonomic nervous system. Yeah. If you're in the performance ham- hamster wheel, your autonomic nervous system is overtaxed, man. You're in sympathetic dominant all the time. And a lot of men in our society deal with this. Even women in our society deal with this right now. just overstimulated, overworked, uh, overthinking, overanalyzing and not getting into our bodies. We don't even know how to tap into our bodies anymore in a way that like, there's so much neurological activity that goes on in our bodies that our brain, our brains can't always connect with because our brains don't want to connect with trauma. Like, Oh no, they don't, that's right. They want to, they want to forget that as soon as possible. And it takes us being able to lean in. Like if I'm working with somebody on body work, I'm telling them like, Hey man, we're going to get to the threshold of discomfort for you. And we're going to work there Mm. because we have to increase your bandwidth and capacity so that your discomfort threshold is expanding and your ability to remain present and discomfort even just to the slightest degree is we're easing you into those waters. And so, yeah, man, I, I really feel like giving people some practical tools on awareness for what the performance cycle looks yeah, like. Let, let's, I love that you're going there. Forward. Let's,
0: let's double click even further into that. So like, I mean, I'll, I'll, there's two or three things we could get into, but the first one that hits me is the body stuff. And I want to be really explicit what that means for folks. A lot of emotional awareness they think is this, abstract disconnected no it is literally tuning into the physical sensations of your body your emotions are this is scott wozniak definition probably not the most precise i'm sure some clinicians out there are going to poke at me for this but like it's my thoughts that create a physical reaction right um have some sort of story or in you know a, a label i put on things like oh this is good bad you know surprising whatever And then my body has a physical reaction well a lot of the pain a lot of the trauma the trouble is all the physical reactions and normal natural health you know defense mechanism is to try to the brain is probably getting you know a million ten maybe a hundred million different signals at any given moment right constantly and the brain's job is not uh paying attention to all of them right like it's like it's a whole set of systems in the brain that allow you to focus on this or that ignore this, ignore that. Like for our listeners right now, until I mention it, you're probably not paying attention to what your elbow is feeling right now. But as soon as I say it, your brain tunes in and you're like, Oh yeah, my elbow is resting on this chair or, you know, uh, it's up in the air and I'm kind of holding it in tension while I drive or something. So like, again, what that allows us to do is if there's something that's causing emotional discomfort, that means it's causing physical discomfort. And a lot of folks who've been through hard things in his own have learned to literally ignore what their body is feeling. So it's things like my breathing pattern, my heart rate, elevating, um, tingling, you know, feelings, uh, tension, muscle tension. I mean, like, like these are, these are as emotional as they are uh, you know bio you know mechanical i mean this is like so feeling our emotions really begins by tuning into our own body and paying attention to what is happening in here mm-hmm. and you want to talk about the threshold of discomfort i mean that is a great phrase i i will tell you i, I may have just written that down uh that's a that's <laughs> brilliant phrasing i this is classic scott like i talk about that but it takes me about 3 minutes right i do this little whole yeah. like, comfort zone in the center. And then the learning zone is the next three concentric circles, right? Like a bullseye yes. comfort zone, learning zone, target zone. And I talk about how you have to leave your comfort zone to get in the learning zone. And, and you said like all that with like, Hey, we just work at the threshold of discomfort. Like that's where the growth is. And so I, what I love about it though, is the threshold. Cause you don't, you don't want to push so far into trauma, physical or otherwise that you're, you, you break down. Like it, it can, it can wear you out and you you don't make yeah. much progress. Right. I mean, 10 minutes into you're it. Physical, you're like, if you're done.
1: Yeah. If you physically do that, you'll like, if you've got a pulled hamstring and you push too much on your hamstring, it's going to tear even more. Yeah. So you can't do that. There's yeah. a reason you, you to, don't you go to,
0: run hard on a pulled hamstring. Right. Like, but yeah, you, you also don't like put your leg in a sling and never move it again, which is exactly, which is That's what some of us have done with our emotions in certain categories of yeah. our life. We're like, Oh, the lesson I learned from that crap was never, ever, ever go there again. And we're like our legs still in a sling 20 years later. And yeah. so you, you got to start moving that uncomfortable limb around and allow yourself you to go flirt.
1: You got to go flirt with the discomfort.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> good. Yes. Yeah. I mean like don't marry it, right? Don't take it home and make a lifelong commitment, but you know, get up there and, and toss a few things out and see what happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just yes. tri- triple
1: clicking on what you said, like since we've already double clicked on it. Come on. Uh, it, when you talk about emotions, like you're you know you're getting into quantum physics and Albert Einstein and e equals m c squared and energy and motion, like that's what this is. So emotions you you were saying that thoughts are like how we manifest things, and I agree with that to an extent. I would say even further, like an even deeper, it's the energy that we give those thoughts that manifest those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the energy that we give our words that allows them to manifest, you know, if we want to talk about manifesting heaven on earth, reality or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's all done through heart. Like this is why I believe Jesus was so intent on uh, his message being about the heart and getting out of the semantics and the like the messiness of the law and interpretation because mm-hmm. people were seeking answers uh, in the scriptures for eternal life. But he was saying, no, the scriptures point to me. They point to, I am, they yes. point to, and John one, the word that can't be contained yeah, like with in all the books, all the books in the world can't contain the expression of the word of God. So what makes you think that you can go to a holy book and have all the answers? Like mm. Jesus, Jesus was, Jesus was slaying the idol of the Torah at that time. And like, I think a lot of people don't necessarily want to like go down that conversation because we get a little bit defensive of like our Bible in a way. Well, and yeah. Well, they have I their
0: love- own idol. It's just with the the modern version of the you know the Torah plus, right? Old and new. So exactly. yeah, exactly. And, and it's not to say that like I to love say it, the it, exactly, yeah. it, like, but it's to say like, that that he and who he is and the the insight in life is bigger than all the books in all the world could contain and so while they are true um they're not the sum total of all that we need to encounter yeah there's a there's a a physical manifestation it's not just an idea it has to happen physically and that is true spiritually that is true in our own bodies emotionally I love it. You brought Einstein. This is this is classic camp, by the way. This is the stuff I love. Is like, hey, we're we're gonna skip from Einstein to Old Testament Torah to modern life career choices, and yeah, that's all one conversation. Sure, it is. Like that's it's all
1: it's it's all integrated in, and it hel- Like I believe it helps with the translational process so well because we're like we're at a time where we need an interpretation that that allows people to be subjective and like share their perspective and, and stop like feeling like we have to be so objective on the ways that we understand things and see things. Because why, I mean, why do you think that the, the creatures that Isaiah saw had eyes all over their body? Like, I mean, perspective is like everything to I am, I believe like everything to Yahweh. And,
0: wow that's my identity. I, said, it I we, mean, it's, it's all of we, us, What, how we see, we see what we choose to focus on. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so let me get, uh, maybe pull up one level of, of depth, maybe two levels. Like you mentioned some other tools, give me some of the favorite self-awareness tools that you've used. I mean, uh, are there any like, you know, personality profiles or sure. or biological tools or like what kinds of things do you use to tune into cam and, and who you are? Yeah. Um,
1: okay. Again, this is like off the beaten path stuff. So we'll see if any of this stuff gets me in trouble, but,
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we can always cut it if the fans, uh, you know, revolt here. So,
1: we'll, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'll start with breathing. Like okay. breathing is, is the most uh, foundational practice. I believe that we've missed in Western culture. Hmm. Um, and it's just something that I, I truly believe is practicing presence. Mm. And if, if you want to encounter the presence of the divine, then get in tune with your inner self. It's there.
0: And and you mean uh, literally by, because, I, I, okay, I, I've done breathwork training since, gosh, in the 90s. Um, so it's been a while, yeah. but way before it was cool, so to speak. But I think a lot of yeah, people, like, what do you mean breathing? Like, I'm breathing right now. I'm alive, right? Like, no, the... The conscious, focus. intentional, conscious breathing. Yes, because yes. breathing can is one of those unique systems in the body that both can be automatic, and we can override it and make ourselves do it. Heart can't make ourselves change our heart rate directly, right? We can we can affect it by doing things Through like breathing. exercise, right, or breathing. Through- you, breathing you, you, you got to be one whereas or like muscles muscles don't automatically move like you have to put some in, movement into them right um so yeah whereas the lungs are both right the diaphragm and that whole process um you can take over the automatic system and intentionally yeah. put all your energy and thought into breathing a particular way deep diaphragm breaths not shallow chest breaths and i, I would say there's two things one is it, it a lot of emotion is breath i mean so this, how I came to this is kind of uniquely, this is where the theater stuff, um, was more useful than I think most people realize, but not in the way they think most people think it's all about like how to be energetic and charming on a stage and how to wow people. Yeah. I mean, I probably did learn some stuff there, but the more powerful stuff is like what I'm about to tell you where we talked about breath work. And the reason we did it in theater was because if you want to portray a character going through an emotional experience then what they tell you to do is to identify the breathing pattern of that emotional experience and breathe that way. And what do you know? Your yeah. body will react that way. And on stage, it's responding, pretending to be angry, you make yourself angry. You're not pretending to be exhausted. You make yourself feel exhausted through mimicking the breath patterns. And so like, we studied it to be aware and then to, you know, to communicate. And most people have no idea. Like, how did you get so much emotion? Well, there's a handful of things, but one of the big ones is, well, I changed my breathing and you, most people couldn't put it into words. Like, why did I feel it? It's like, well, cause when that, when somebody breathes like that, the heart and all sorts of other things start reacting. And what do you know? So, so what that means is for yeah. us one is like awareness and then two, the next level is where you start deliberately breathing in certain patterns can create a sense of peace and focus and clarity and there's some oh let me get let me get really specific so people don't wonder it's like some sort of mystical breathing technique um generally speaking <laughs> it's down to like simple stuff so I, i'm curious to know what breath work you've done here's what i was taught so you're gonna do an inhale for one to two seconds there's a brief pause. Most people don't pay attention, but there's a pause moment where you just soak that in. Then you exhale for three to four seconds and have another pause. And then you repeat the process like that. Is the slow, steady? I'm going to tune in and pay attention to my breath state. It's a roughly twice as long exhale to inhale. Generally speaking, I'd rather you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, but um, you can also breathe out through your nose if you want to as well. So, anyways, that, that that's what I was trained as, like the the baseline. Yeah tune into yourself breathing. And then from there you start playing with the pattern to create different, you know, exactly. emotional effects. So.
1: Yep. You're, I mean, you're spot on, man. Like it's for me, like the, I got introduced through Wim Hof. And,
0: yes. um, oh, Wim is crazy. I love Wim.
1: Yeah. He, he's, he, he's great. He's a superhuman. Um, what he's able to do with his physical if capacity. I could just geek out
0: on Wim, because I think he's a good example of this. He is super human, what yeah. he's made his body do. And one of the things that I think is a, a beautiful little thing God did to set all this up, Wim is also an identical twin. And so he has an identical twin brother who does not able to do almost any of the stuff Wim does. And so Wim's like, see, it's not a weird genetic fluke, like if you breathe like this, you can get this too. It's so, Anyways. Yes. Yeah. He's superhuman and not because he's a genetic freak. It's because yeah. he's put the work in.
1: Yeah. Like I could get into the science on, like we could talk about the neuroendocrine systems that are activated all the way up the spine into the pineal gland and the pituitary gland and what that does for the autonomic nervous system and like all of that, because there's so many benefits there, health benefits yes. um, that make, make breathing worth it. But from a spiritual perspective, awareness like that's what we're talking about here like if we're gonna we're talking about simple foundations and practical tools that people can use breathing is one of those things that i will always be an advocate for from here on out of my life based off of just my own personal experience and what it's been able to do i i I don't think i was ever patient enough to take the time (laughs) to be able to consider that like actually breathing in through my nose and out through my mouth could cause the physiological effects that it does in a matter of 10 minutes or like even five minutes um i mean you're literally activating a chemical compound that people take you know psilocybin mushrooms and things like that for trauma recovery like they do all this and your brain naturally has the ability to release these chemicals by getting in touch with your breathing and that causes these kind of you know somewhat euphoric effects that can stimulate vision that can stimulate creativity that can stimulate all sorts of things that allow you to tap into what I believe is, you know, presence, which is heaven on earth to me. When you're able to be fully present in the moment, like mm. you realize it's not about me being perfect. It's about the moment being perfect. And I'm a part of it. Oh,
0: and what a great phrase. You can, I, I, I can, can underline perfect. that one. It's not about me being perfect. It's about the moment being perfect. And uh, it's not to say that I don't, Push for making the world better or showing up well, but it's less about trying to to meet a particular performance standard. To go back to where we were, right? Like I don't have to be perfect, but I can show up with my imperfect self and engage and have perfect moments, uh, and the world's better off, and I'm exactly. better off. That's yeah. exactly underline that sucker, highlight that one. Yeah. That's that's a big concept, man. I got a,
1: I had a guy, an old school Pentecostal pastor one time in 2017. <laughs> I'll never forget. It was the new year kind of service type thing. And he was yeah. prophesying at this church in South Texas. And I went up with my wife cause he called us out of the crowd and he looked at me and said, I've never given this word to anybody else, but I really feel it strong for you. And it's dressed up and show up. And oh. for me, like, it's always been something that stuck with me. Because I, I really I, I think kind of it fits my personality a lot is almost like a spontaneous like free spirit type. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. It also ministers to people that really want to believe that that's tangible, that you can have kind of childlike awe and wonder in your life and go with the flow, if you will. Mm. Um not that you're being uh not that you're being irresponsible or like it may get perceived that way. Like you can't necessarily like help that, but like, man, I think it really does activate the like awe and wonder is, I guess what I'm trying to say, um, by being present again. And I would say that would be my, my first recommendation to anybody, as far as practice in regards to awareness. I have some other stuff, but um, that it's would definitely, good. Be the I, and
0: I'll just say, there's a freedom in not. I think too many, myself included, over times so we we think we're going to get peace by controlling everything, planning it all in advance, locking it down, and there's no surprises. I find the peace to be deeper and and stronger when it's the opposite, and it's like I'm okay, and I, however this goes, and I've got hopes and things, and I'm going to show up, I'm going to engage, right? I'm not going to be disconnected from it, but but i'm also not um pre controlling everything i'm like hey i figure out some identity I, I figure out some skills and then dress up i get ready right i put in some prep work and then and then i show up and we uh we see what happens and i'm i'm okay wherever this thing goes and it's some curious exploration and wonder that approach to life is actually, I find more freeing and more peaceful than the approach where I'm constantly trying to control everything and, moly. and avoid the problems from surprising me. Like, ah, let him know, surprise you. It'll be fun.
1: It's the hamster wheel again, because again, like <laughs> yeah. you're looking at your future, you're looking at your future as destiny that you've set up. And if it doesn't happen, you're disappointed. And so you're looking back with shame and regret. Hmm. And instead of looking at your past as destiny, you're looking at that, like you're going to somehow change that through your next action that yeah. you're setting up with your new destiny. And it's like, yo, get out of that. You don't have to do that, man. Like yeah. you don't have to like keep grinding away at that.
0: Um, I I will throw another set of tools out there. It's not a single one, but like, I love some of these personality profiles. But none of them are complete. And the best metaphor I've come up with them is they're a lot like uh, medical tests where like I can go get a blood draw, I can get an x-ray, you can do an MRI, like we could do an EKG, like there's all these tests and all of them are true and none of them are complete, right? Like an x-ray is an accurate picture of the bone structure. But there's a lot more to me than bones. And so if you said like, that's it, you're your x-ray. Like, well, I mean, yes. And. and so I think a lot of these tests are the same way. Like, um, so, you know, some yeah. of my favorites and they're all get t- different slant at who I am. None of them lock me down permanently. I can grow and change. But as a kind of a snapshot in time of this aspect, I have loved a lot of these. So I don't know how much of you have done of these, but like, like simple ones, DISC—it's too simple to to be thorough, but you know it's really useful yeah. because it's simple. Um, yeah. Strengths Finder and Myers Briggs are more detailed. Uh, Enneagram is a really profound one for me. That one kind of is unique from all the others and unlocks stuff. So I don't know. what have you done these? Which ones do you love?
1: Yeah, I've done I've done uh, a few different personality tests in my day. I've done the Enneagram. Um, I've done DISC. I had strength finders and never got around to doing it. I would like get the book and my, my wife would do it. And she'd be like, when are you going to do your strength finders? And I would always not do it. Um, I think well, one I, of the ones it's that worth,
0: I, I would recommend it and you can skip the book, like just go to the code, take yeah, the test. Yeah. It's a, it's a good conversation. Totally.
1: totally. I, I know I need to do it again. Um, <laughs> one of the things that, one of the things that I've really enjoyed recently, one of the most recent ones that I've taken is more of like a human, it's a human uh, blueprint, like a human design personality test based off of like astrological charts and stuff. Hmm. And I think that some people find that controversial, especially in the setting of uh, Western Christianity. But if we really look at the scriptures and we see like how much God ministered through the stars. Hmm. um, And then we remember that in Romans, it says all creation cries out. Um, I really believe that creation prophesied over you through the creator and the word um, through the alignment of like the stars, the soul, like the solar system, the planets, like in the quantum realm, they actually are very significant, like where they were positioned, like at the time you were born. And it, again, it's not the full story. Just like Scott said, people use these things as religion and use yeah, it uh, in ways that can totally be out of context. But if you really want to get, if you want to get a pretty, crazy interpretation like and and i think it's one of those things for me everybody that i've seen do it is like there's no way that something could know like that much about me and like who i am and and how i work and so i just think i think it's uh the word of god like prophesying through the cosmos
0: about i have never thought about it that way that's got me thinking cam um that's awesome (laughs) Okay, well, let me. We we probably ought to close out time, but I got to throw one more self awareness tool. It's probably been the most powerful for me, and that is actually having some of my close friends and family, people who know me and trust, give me feedback. Um, and and that sounds super obvious, but I I think a lot of folks think self awareness. At least maybe I used to was just like navel gazing a lot, right? Like get my journal, breathe, yeah. breath work in a cave on the top of a mountain, right? And like. like <laughs> Just becoming a monk, essentially, yeah, that's what we're doing. Here. I mean, I'm shaved yeah. right now, so like I'm halfway there. I just need the rose, you got to look. Yeah, and I say all that to be like, you know, what I think that is useful for is helping get really clear on what I'm thinking and feeling, but what it's yeah. not useful for is helping me see blind spots or notice things I'm not seeing and feeling. And so, totally, um, some of the the biggest aha moments in my life have been other people saying, you know, you're really this, or why do you, you seem to light up when we do this. Or you, I remember vividly, there's a moment I, I was a professional performer. I was getting paid some good money and getting, it was a sweet gig. I mean, we even got like fancy suits and all this stuff, like as a part of the deal on top of our pay. And it was a very high prestige role for that region of the country. And we're putting on these huge shows and, and I was hating the rehearsals, but I was just, kept blaming it on like the, well, this particular dance or that particular number. Like I'm not into this thing. It's not my style. And, and somebody else said to me, like one of it was actually the the director was like, Hey, it seems like you'd rather be doing other things than this. And I, first I was like, no, no, no. I've always want, this is what I've been dreaming of. But again, their comment was the one that was like, maybe I do want to be other places. So, So I'd say, getting people that you can ask input from that you will let them tell you stuff you don't want to hear taking you know reactions of other people into account again it's a little bit like the other tests they're not the total sum they might be wrong in the surface but there might be an insight underneath it right like they might complain about this behavior and the behavior is not a problem but but it makes you pay attention like why am i so weird right like they man i complain about you for being too deep i don't know if anyone's ever done this right i'm just picking a random thing like damn why you got to be so deep and go like mystical and scientific and historical and like why can't you just be well that's one of the best things about you so their complaint is wrong but it might also be the direction of like huh maybe i'm not normal in this category maybe there's something different going on in my head here so i don't know the outside in others has it, it, it multiplies. It doesn't just add it multiplies the value of all these other activities is having somebody to yeah. process, Just
1: recognizing that we see in part and that we're mostly blind, you know, like that's well, what it's you said about pers-
0: perspective, right? Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. even the great it, performers in all categories have a coach, like Tiger Woods when he was at the top of his. Totally. Game, he had a coach. Could the coach play as well as Tiger? No, but the coach had perspective on Tiger, uh, chess masters, right? You know they can see the same board. It's not like so maybe you're like, oh, Tiger can't see his back end, right? Like, no, the chess master has a coach um, who's probably not a grand chess master, right? Like, or otherwise he'd be the guy on the, the tournament. But the coach looking at the same board has a different perspective. All the best performers have outside people who challenge them on a regular basis. Kyle, um, that's it's changed my life. If you
1: don't, if you don't have somebody that you can trust to speak into your life and you're afraid of shame and condemnation that you're hiding within yourself. That to me is what I've found. Like you're scared of the darkness Mm -hmm. in yourself and you don't want to confront it because you're comfortable with your idealistic reality that you've created about how things work. Yet you're not willing to take the time to realize that I don't feel this as truth. I want this to be truth. But mm-hmm. like, I don't feel, yeah. I don't feel this as truth. Yeah. But everything seems to be going like I have a job. I've got like
0: mm-hmm. the the, the wheel in. is working, right?
1: Yeah, we've got like my needs are being taken care of. Like I'm still in survival mode all the time, and a month, month, or like whatever. Or even I'm, I may be crushing it. Like, oh
0: yeah, i didn't get. get promotions like, in the this.
1: process, right? Yeah. yeah. But I am not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not. I know that there's more, and I could be doing more, but that's the stuff that I think I'm talking about, or like you're talking about with, with having some accountability in your life and having somebody being able to like my wife, for example, for me, is like,
0: your wife's awesome. Just, I've I've seen it. My wife does the same thing for me, man. Like it's one of the, the best values of a true partner is uh, the love what? me and don't let me get away with my crap when I'm like wanting to snowball myself. Right? Like, ah, oh, no, it's fine. Like Scott deal with it. I-
1: how powerful is it too when you realize that your wife, your your wife's awareness of who you are and as a son of God is more than yours is in the moment, and they call it out in you, and yeah. they bring that, they bring you back. You know, they bring you back into your king state, your alpha state, oh. and they become omega. They become the omega version of that to be able to show you, like I see that you're overwhelmed, I see that you're stressed, but I also see that you have the strength to get us through this. Like when your wife tells you that.
0: Suddenly just, there's the like, strength, right? Like I I didn't exactly. see it until she pointed it out. And there it is. No, I I have had yeah. that exact experience. Um, Man. Well, dude, we could keep going, but um, maybe what we should do is pause here and then just schedule another one because uh, there's actually three or four I like questions it. I didn't even get into because we just had so much fun chasing these big ideas, you know, double, triple clicking. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do this again, my brother. Thanks for a bit of time. Yeah, man, I loved it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on life and leadership, you might want to sign up for my weekly newsletter at www.scottwozniak.com slash upgrade. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K.com slash upgrade. You'll get a cool quote, a deep thought, and a recommendation for something that I use and love. It's not long and it should be fun. The theme is similar to this podcast, but it's not the same content. And if you're a leader who wants to build a legendary brand, you can check out my company's website to learn how we can help at www.swozconsulting.com. That's S-W-O-Z consulting.com. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine.